0: You're listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast focused on Germany, the United States, and the transatlantic relationship. Join us as we discuss economics, trade and technology, politics, security, and a lot more. I'm Jeff Rathke, President of the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. I want to welcome all of our listeners to this episode of The Zeitgeist. We are recording on October 9th, 2023, uh, and we are recording the day after uh, what is uh, referred to by some as a mini Bundestag uh, election. Uh, That is the state elections that happened yesterday, October 8th, in Bavaria and the state of Hesse. Uh, Those two states make up about 22% of the voter population in Germany so they are in a way a barometer of uh, what's happening politically I- in Germany overall uh, albeit with some uh, some local specifics and as we uh, usually do uh, after a but after a state election uh, in Germany we have gathered uh, together uh, Eric Langenbacher who is the director of our society culture and politics program here at the American German Institute good morning Eric Good morning, Jeff. And we have with us uh, AGI non-resident senior fellow uh, Klaus Dieter Frankenberger. Uh, Klaus, welcome.
1: Thank you. Uh, I have all. I think all is good with you.
0: Yes, uh, we are doing well. And uh, so we are going to get to uh, get right into it uh, here. Uh, we'll look at a few things uh, today. Uh, first, uh, as always, our focus is on trying to distill the larger issues that these state elections helped to illuminate. Um, and we won't uh, go into all of the details uh, of what motivated local voters, uh, but try to uh, understand what this means for uh, for the country uh, as a whole. And, uh, and so, Eric, why don't we start with you just to, to understand what the outcome was yesterday that we're working with?
2: Sure. Um, I think I'm going to go in reverse order of importance and talk first about the uh, election results in hessen no no
1: all right <laughs> well the we'll... big state my state my home uh, state the most right. important in the country okay well then <laughs> let's <talk about> Bavaria.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so in bavaria i'm not sure that there were too many surprises given recent polling uh the christian social union came in first with 37 percent of the vote that was a very small kind of decline from 2018 a 0.2 percent decline uh, in second place is the Freie Vela. They got 15.8% of the vote, which is an increase of 4.2%, pretty significant. Third is the AFD at 14.6%, which is a 4.4% increase. And then we have the big losers of the election. The Greens came in fourth at 144 which was a decline of 3.2%. The SPD at 8.4%. Um, A decline of 1.3%. And then the other uh, national uh, governing party, the FTP, came in under the 5% threshold of 3%, a decline of 2.1%. Now, in Hessen, uh, the CDU had a big night. They came in at 34.6%, which was nearly an 8% increase from the last election. Uh, The AFD came in second. That's the alternative for Germany, the populist right radical party. That uh, so 18.4%, an increase of over 5%. Third place went to the SPD at 15.1%, an almost 5% decline and a historic low in the entire post war period. And then we had the Greens at 14.8%, a decline of five. So actually a little bit more of a decline than the SPD. And the FDP barely scraped into the legislature with uh, 5% of the decline of 2.5. Uh, the other kind of big news is that the left party has been ousted from the legislature, gaining only 3.1% of the vote. And then I also want to kind of mention that the uh, free voters, the Freie Wähler, are increasingly a force in states beyond Bavaria as well. They actually got more votes than the left at 3.5%. Obviously, that doesn't mean they're going to be in the Landtag but that's still, I think, a considerable increase from what they've been pulling in previous elections. So those are the kind of banner headlines. It looks also that the uh, previous uh, incumbent governments will continue. But of course, we have to wait and see uh, once they get through the negotiation phase.
0: Yeah. Um, So if I could hazard uh, an initial um, uh, estimate of, of what we saw. First, the big the big winners are the the incumbent CDU and CSU uh, governments in both states. Um, so a strong result, um, even if it was not a uh, an improvement in Bavaria, a big improvement in Hesse. Uh, the second thing is that the governing parties, as you just said, Eric, uh, all three of the governing parties did worse in both states. Um, uh, you know, you could even talk about a collapse in their support in in Hesse where. They used to, the last election, those three parties won 47% um, of the vote, and this time it dropped to 36%, Uh, so pretty significant uh, decline for all three of the national governing parties. And then the third thing is the AFD is the big winner, Um, and uh, and I think this is their best ever showing in a Western German state um, with 18.4% in Hesse. So, uh, so Klaus, maybe let's. Uh, how how does it look from your perspective? Uh, you can either start in your home state of Hesse uh, or in Bavaria, uh, as you like, um, or at the national level. What are the big takeaways from from yesterday in your from your point of view?
1: The big takeaways is indeed are the strong showing, if not the triumph, of the RFD, radical populist radical right in both states in both Länder. Uh, but particularly strong in in my state, the state of Hesse, and, and this has uh, implications beyond yesterday and beyond Hesse and, uh, and and Bavaria, because it will be another step in the change of the party landscape in all of Germany. As you said, our, uh, the showing in Hesse is the best ever in a western legislature. What we we have u- come used to say, they are particularly strong. In the eastern lender are but now we see almost 20 percent in in Hesse. Uh, this is unheard of and tells you that it has become a established, or established group in, in in the state, and B that it reaches out more and more to the center in terms of their appeal to the electorate. People that used to vote for our center-left, center-right parties, or didn't vote at all are now increasingly attracted uh, by the update. Now, what makes this happen are, in short, the big issue is migration. When the issue is migration, as it has been over the past year, it is almost inevitable. And, and the status quo arrangements in Brussels and elsewhere, and we see hundreds and thousands of people coming in illegally are, like it or not, this helps the, the right wing establish itself on the local level, on the state level, and maybe even in two years' time on the national level. So this is a very important um if we also hear that more and more people are ready to say this is not simply a protest vote, it's a vote out of conviction. So this is something that we we'll think to worry about. This is the thing to worry about. No matter mm-hmm. what I said earlier, that migration drives a lot of the appeal of of the hard right, but also there is an increasing, increasing part of the of the electorate that fully agrees with what they with what they hear and what they see. And this is the worrying thing. What worries me. the The other thing thing, of course, is as Eric pointed out, it was Judgment Day, for the Ample coalition in Berlin, the national government, and it was. Not a good result. It was a disaster for all the three: the SPD, the the liberals, the, the German liberals, the FDP, and the Greens. For all of them, voter anger unbelievable. Voter have the voter disapproval is staggeringly high and has been increasing over the past months, starting off from the ill-fashioned and ill-crafted Heizungsgesetz from Economics Minister uh, Habeck. To a general exhaustion with transformation, a, a, a general, uh should say, loss in appetite for climate change and so forth. This is the major thing. for the government, it was probably the worst day ever, and it couldn't have become more worse than it had been yesterday. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, a lot to a lot for us to to chew on uh, uh, there, um, Eric. Uh, do you, do you want to pick up on on those themes uh, or do you we have we have a few other uh, significant uh, elements, I would say, including uh, the particularly uh, bad situation for the FDP. Um, but uh, let me toss it over to you for uh, uh, for some initial thoughts as well.
2: I mean, I, I agree with everything that uh, Klaus Dieter said. Regarding the AFD, I was looking at some of the electoral maps where you can see how strong the parties are. I haven't been able to see the kind of detailed breakdowns, but, you know, you can tell by the intensity of color how well parties did. And it really struck me that um, the AFD is taking over the more rural areas. I mean, just absolutely. So if you look at the map of Bavaria, for instance, it's the um, Bayerische Wald, the Bavarian forest that they're doing really strongly. They're doing strongly in, you know, parts of upper Franconia. In Hessen, they're doing well in the kind of like northern parts, kind of adjacent kind of eastern Germany around Fulda. It seems like they are, are pretty strong. And so it, it really um, struck me that this is, of course, where the AFD is getting the most traction in the west um, as well as in the east. Uh, but that it, it should also be a warning signal to the more established parties that you can't just, you know, take these regions for granted and that it's time to kind of take the fight back to uh, these regions as well. So that's the one thing I was going to say about uh, the AFD. And, you know, I guess the the uh, fun part of a podcast like this a day after the election is we get to, you know, um, kind of like, you know, call balls and strikes and things like that. Um, of course, it was a bad election for the FDP, especially in Bavaria. But in um, uh, Hessen, as well as in Bavaria. It was the Greens that lost the most compared to the last election. So I actually think that it's the Greens who are the real losers of the election yesterday. And I think that goes right back to the Heitzel's Gazette and, um, I don't know, the, the mixed performance of Robert Habeck, who really seems to be the face of this current government. And I think they're taking a hit for that. The other thing I would say too, Jeff, just to maybe push back a little bit, at uh, one of your initial statements, I don't think it was a particularly good night for the CSU. I think it was, I mean, yes, they only lost 0.2% of the vote. But if you look at some of the polls weeks ago, I mean, they were around 40%. So it seems like that they underperformed once again. And uh, I mean, you can see that the, you know, the sharks are already circling. Suda, the minister president of Bavaria is already kind of like um, taking some flack. I just read that a former CSU uh, party leader was deeply critical of Söder and his campaign, for instance, saying- That, that- was, yes,
0: uh, Ervin Huber, who gave a long interview uh, this morning. You're right uh, on on that.
2: Yeah, and, and that it was a major like tactical mistake to say that, you know, um Suda wanted to continue the coalition with the free voters, which may have given um Anlas like an opportunity or almost permission for voters to go to the Freie Wähler instead of the CSU. And you know, they had a really good night. I mean, sure the AFP increased by 4.4%, but the Freie Vela were right behind them at 4.2%. So I don't know. It's they're very interesting kind of results. Um, and, um, yeah, I think it was a good yeah. night for the CDU, but not for the CSU. So if, if I
0: can uh, maybe pick up that thread and then toss it to Klaus for his interpretation, it seems to me that, uh, first of all, uh, Marcus Zuder got essentially the same result that he got five years ago. So that's not bad. Um, but it's also not showing any improvement or any recovery of the CSU to the previous, uh, commanding, uh, position they used to hold in Bavaria where they would, Often get uh, an absolute majority, or if not, at least be uh, you know close to it. Um, so, uh, and it seems to seems to me, at least that you know a thirty seven percent result is good uh, for the CSU compared to um, what it could have been. But it also means um, that we are not likely to see Markus Zutter as a national level challenger. To the uh, the CDU chairman, especially when we think about who is the chancellor candidate in a couple of years' time, Klaus, how do you see it?
1: That's 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 true. Um, Serta has not been bolstered, uh, but you know, with Serta, you never know. He is the the, or the commander of all the opportunists who are in the country, and he can spoil a campaign uh, of others, as we have seen, or uh, two and a half years ago. Um, I would add to what an emphasize or to what Eric said, or his observation that there is an emerging or split rural urban split. This is the thing which also worries me. We see dividing lines. This is the cultural issue as much as a demographic and a social issue. And you see parties are aligning around our cultural or propositions. You know, remember when, when Friedrich Merz, the leader of the CDU, campaigned in Bavaria, he went to a small town where they have big festivals outside of Munich. Uh, and it's at this particular pl- uh, place, Gugamos, belongs to Germany and at Kreuzberg. Kreuzberg in Berlin, part of Berlin, where the, the, the leftists live, the, 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 the Greens urbanists and, the, and so forth. So he deliberately created a cultural wedge. And people immediately understand that. And it may not be to the benefit of the CDU or the CSU if they pursue this line. You know, who won, as as Eric lined out at the beginning, if they did well in Bavaria, or the free voters did well in Bavaria. So there is now about a third, almost a third of the electorate, of the voters, not just the electorate, of the voters, who are to the right of the CSU, and, uh, and they form form a formidable size in the state legislature. This is not that, it's not the same in, in Hesse uh, where, where, where the Sadio was um, able to recover some of the losses five years ago. Don't forget last time the CDU in Hesse had its worst showing ever. And uh, so they recover that and that's as good. To imagine Bavaria, that Cerdo or anybody else would come back and turn back return to the glorious days where they achieved 40%, 50%, and even more, this is history. This will not happen because the electorate is much more fragmented. And you see with this restive, unruly, and angry electorate, a kind of impulse towards most of the mainstream parties, be it center-right or center-left. Hessen was an exception, and inasmuch it has brought to this, the new, the new leader, or the the old and next leader of the state of Hesse, Boris Rhein, into limeland. He may have now a, a greater national role. With as is it's difficult, but don't count him out. Don't mm-hmm. count him out. Don't say, well, you didn't improve on the on your showing last time, and now your history. When it comes to the the the, the, the chancellor candidate of the of the union parties, you will never know with him. You will never yeah. know. It, but it's still also again to say uh, that a the social democrats in Bavaria under eight percent imagine this. This yeah. is this is spectacular, a spectacular disaster, uh, which I don't really have the words to to describe to adequately describe. Well, if right. I can pop uh, in
2: really quick, I mean um, I like the way that you were cutting the um, the uh, results in different ways. And according to my kind of back of the envelope calculations, yes, the Freyvela and the AFD have about 30 percent of the vote in Bavaria. If you add that to the CSU, so the center right parties have 67.4 percent and the uh the three ample parties have only 25.8 percent. In Hessen, the ample parties have about 35 percent of the vote. But this is I mean, you're right. This is the worst day ever for the current um, government. But I mean, that's Something to kind of reflect upon that over two thirds of Bavarians want center right or right wing parties. That's
1: yeah, quite, quite stunning.
2: Yeah, yeah. this um,
1: is so, the western part of the country. This yeah. we don't talk about Saxony, Turingia, or or or, or Saxon Anhalt.
0: Well, we'll we'll come to the eastern part of the country in a second. But uh, but I want to pick uh, pick up again on the something we touched on briefly and and get both of your views about this and that is what is the effect of this um, uh, barometer uh, likely to be on the uh, the German government to, at the national level in Berlin? Chancellor Schultz, um, his own uh, party uh, did poorly, um, although he is standing by his uh, interior minister, who was the uh, top candidate in Hesse and who, who had a, a pretty disappointing result. Um, and, and as we've heard, uh, both the, the two uh, junior partners in the coalition uh, did poorly. Um, and so what is this going to mean um, at the national level? Uh, we've, we've generally had the formula after these state elections uh, where the the parties uh, try to seek uh, ways to distinguish themselves to increase their profile to sharpen their distinctions but fundamentally they remain committed to this uh, national uh, coalition that they have embarked upon um are things different now or are we just going to see uh, a another iteration of that uh pattern uh, klaus uh, and then we'll come to you eric
1: um for the government in Berlin, the coalition government, it's the end of a, a long series of divisions. They have, are the verdict is out. This was the referendum of their performance. And so, so many voters strongly disagree, disapprove. They hate the government by now. The, 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 particularly the Greens have been met by aggressive voters when they campaigned. And this is a little bit new, I would say. Can the government overcome the our internal divisions, which are probably intrinsic if you have the social Democrats, you have, you have the leftist Greens, and you have the traditional liberals? They, of course, disagree on a lot of things. The role of the state, expansion of the welfare state, or how to, to support the Ukraine vigorously, not so vigorously, or all divisions and divisions and divisions. And there was... Uh, The chancellor was criticized for lack of leadership. Habeck is criticized for being over the top and for uh, prohibitions, hammering out prohibitions all the time. And at at the end of the day, people said, no, we don't want this. We don't want this kind of government. So will the government be able to set a new course to correct previous mistakes and to overcome the divisions? I would say to an extent, yes, it's imperative. For them to continue until our uh, twenty five, but you know the main loser because the pay is always always in an existential threat position. You know, if you are fifth, if you when you are the Greens and you go down from eighteen to fourteen, it's not existential. For the for the FTP to go down from let's say from seven to five point one, this you are close to death. Which means and the and the FDP has now a history of losing, of losing, of losing and being kicked out of government in state in states like Northern westfalen North Art Failure, or Schleswig-Holstein. And they need to, to sharpen they need to sharpen their profile. Inevitably sharpen their profile against the Chancellor's Party and against the the Greens. What does it mean? Division recriminations, a little bit of turmoil, and the perception that the, that the coalition partners cannot agree, cannot reach a consensus. This is the worst thing in German politics from the eyes of the voter. Most voters cherish consensus over dissent. Still, most mm-hmm. of them do. So the picture is somewhat, it's a little bit gloomy, yes. Yeah, but Klaus, to, to maybe uh, kind of dig one layer deeper,
0: do you see any indication or any reason to believe that the national government um, is going to face uh, threats of dissolution um, as a result well, of these trends that we're observing, or do you think they are stuck with each other and they have to serve out um, their their term?
1: Well, you, you can never rule out something fundamental happen like this, but if I two of the governing parties would be needed in a coalition government, with, the say that would say so? Two, two. Yeah, would be let's say the Greens and the Liberals. Nah, they, they were the main protagonists, beating slugging it, slugging it out and battling each other. The Social Democrats with the Liberals, and and that Sadie would say so. Hard for me uh, to imagine. When it comes down is the 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 new government in my state in Hesse will be an indication for the next two years. Will they continue? Will the the, the Christian Democrats continue with their partner, the Greens, or actually go and invite the SPD to join a government? You know, SPD was well, the ruling party in my state for decades. Yeah, and now they're almost begging to be invited to 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 join our coalition talks. Yeah. Uh, this will then be an indicator of things to come. My bet would at the moment still be they want to try to come to an end or when the term ends.
2: Yeah. Eric, over to you. I mean, I would agree 100%. All three of the governing parties have everything to lose if the government falls apart and God forbid if there would be early elections, which I know Germans don't like, but have happened. There are ways to orchestrate early elections and stuff like that. I think they have every incentive to try to kind of stick it out. Will there be some changes? Sure. But, you know, I'm I'm reminded of a point that came up um, out of this wonderful conference I just got back from, the German Studies Association annual meeting, where um, a political scientist observed that, you know, the Apple Coalition is, you know, really good doing social policy that doesn't cost anything, right? So, you know, maybe liberalizing um, uh, citizenship laws and, and and things like that. Um, getting rid of the ban on um, advertising for abortion, things like that. But they've always had a problem with stuff that actually costs something. So, I mean, they're going to have uh, more kind of challenges going forward um, when stuff really starts to cost stuff, as uh, as we saw with the Heitzens gazettes uh, and stuff like that. That's um, the heat.
0: Just to, for listeners who may not have followed that, this is the law on uh, on heating um, which is part of the overall climate approach of the government and where the the, the government has had a series of, well, one false start and then has, ref- but has reformed the, the system in order to reduce the CO2 emissions of building heating. Um, maybe more detail than uh, some listeners want, but just to clarify the backdrop there.
2: And then the other thing that I would say, I saw a little bit of the exit polling and immigration, um, uh, asylum, uh, that whole kind of issue complex so that was either the first or the second um, point that people brought up. So I would predict if there's any course correction, if there's any change Uh, At the federal level, uh, they'll probably have a, a, I don't know, a harsher kind of immigration and asylum policy, which it seems that they're already starting to kind of do. And then Well,
0: that's yeah, that's that's right. I think the government's already moving in that direction. And at the European level, you see it. Um, And so uh, but but to survive fast enough
1: to survive 80 percent of the voters want a change in migration, in immigration laws, asylum seekers, or what has been now dubbed collectively illegal immigration. They want a change, and not just a small one, not just a symbolic one. They want to relieve the local communities from the burden of you know, housing, distribution, and all the rest. Our, I, I probably have not seen our, such a strong antagonistic attitude towards the government's policy. Maybe even not in in the heyday of the refugee crisis, 2015, 2016, yeah. uh, well, when we, we, can, we saw the... But we can, now we can it's really, the AFD for that for sharpening yeah, 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 political yeah, discourse in Germany. Yeah, yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah. so this um, is a major thing which has to be reckoned. And now it is a combination with the poor economic performance of the German economy yes. and the prospect being dismal. This is a toxic combination. Uh, and you know when 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 Friedrich Merz made this or populist remarks you know illegal asylum seekers take away our our spots or when you go to the dentist and and make our our germans bio germans wait and wait and wait and be neglected i mean this cuts among parts of the electorate not the not the majority but, but at least a strong part of the electorate this 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 cut a strong accord with them
0: yeah and 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 the the uh, uh the question is whether the CDU um and to a lesser degree the CSU emphasizing these themes um benefits them or if, does it simply benefit yeah. the 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 AfD um is the that's that's the uh the uh, potential uh, toxic mix and the inability to capitalize on it uh, for the center right. Let me cast our, our view a little further ahead um, uh, because one of the, you know, we will f- see probably rather quickly the contours of the uh, state governments that will take uh, uh, office in both of these states. Th- that will happen very soon. Probably a continuation of the coalition in Bavaria of the, C- the CSU with the uh, Freie Wähler. Um, and in as as uh, uh, Klaus pointed out, uh, in Hesse could be a continuation of the coalition with the Greens. Outside chance of negotiations with the SPD, which is probably going to be desperate uh, to to re-enter government, even uh, though they've had a bad result. Um, but if we look ahead, uh, you know, th- there will be governments that will take shape. the the math The mathematics, um, uh, the arithmetic works. Um, But if we look ahead at the growing strength of the AFD and what we will see next year, uh, next year there will be three state-level elections, all of them in the East, all of them in states where the AFD currently polls either in first place or second place, Um, we could see a repeat of uh, what uh, we've seen in in, uh, uh, Thuringia, which is the almost inability of forming a mainstream uh, government from uh, the the parties uh, of the center, um, given the strong result of the AFD, um, is is this going to characterize? Are we looking ahead at a state level dysfunction um, next year if the AFD's current uh, strength continues?
1: Well, um Jeff, one thing is true, as you say, the AFD at the moment at the record heights in most of the Eastern lender. And this is fueled by migration. This is fueled by a general sense of being uh, neglected, disrespected, uh, and and the war, uh, in uh, the Russian war against Ukraine, where a lot of East Germans have more sympathies uh, with, the, with Russia than with the Ukraine, and are very critical of um, arms deliveries to, to Ukraine. The thing. Let's let's assume for the moment that things continue, are from the Berlin perspective, or with the way they do it at the moment. Are are economic uncertainties increasing? Are no major fundamental change in, in migration policy? or uh, with a lot with a continuation of thousands and thousands coming into the country uh, from North Africa, Africa, um, Africa, West Africa, and the Middle East? Are this will not check the voter unrest. This will actually stir up more voter unrest, and then we will have after the results, thirty plus something. And then what are we going to see? This would be my prediction for next year. We, we, we will have all German a all German coalition, what they call all German coalition. SPD, CDU, Greens, are liberals, ethrian. And some places maybe even what's what's left from the left or because you know or there's a new party coming out by sarah wagner or nationalistic left left nationalists who may also gnaw into the left left space are this may be a way to address to check the ascent of the afd in terms of actually entering the government level that's what they mm-hmm. want they want to enter government and hope they can break away. Parts of the CDU to uh, to to over to creep over the firewall, so to speak, break down the firewall, and be more even more respected and legitimate as they are now are in the general country in the country in general. Eric, so one of the other things that came up in
2: conversation uh, over the weekend was whether there is a ceiling, a predicted ceiling for the AFD support. And indeed, there are some people who have researched that. And apparently the ceiling is something like 30 or 35%, um, at least in the East, maybe a little lower in the West. So I know that so many people feel this sense of dread with the march of the AFD, but I don't think the AFD will ever get close to, um, you know, 40% and clearly be in a position to be part of a governing coalition. So, you know, it's possible they've already maxed out their support in many of these places. I think they're pulling at 35% in Saxony and like 32% in some of the other kind of East German um, Lenda. So I don't know. We'll see. The For me, the big variable is uh, what Klaus just kind of mentioned, and it's how long will the CDU hold out? I mean, we've already seen in Thuringia and other places in the East, some openness to finally working with the um, AFD so we'll see how long the, what do they call it? The Brandmauer, right? the Coros Yeah, the, fi- the, or, firewall. the the firewall. The firewall is going to last. Um, and, you know, let's also take a larger European perspective here. There are some countries where they've tried to maintain that firewall. And there have been other countries where they've, you know, let the right populace in. I'm, I'm thinking Italy, right? Uh, as well as a variety of other uh, countries. So, you know, it's sad, but... I personally sense a creeping, creeping sense of normalization as well towards the AFD, that they're, you know, no longer as anathema as they were once before. And that's the that's going to be the big thing to uh, to kind of watch going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. I was, if I just may say something, Eric, I was in, in previous conversations amongst the three of us, probably all, almost always the more optimist when it comes to updates. But I have are I must admit that I'm really worried about uh the attraction that they have on uh, people from the center to the of the center right and sometimes of the center re- center center left and even from the hard left are and there is this is the creeping sense that they gain that people say well what they say is correct they have a point or this they are and basically if they may have some some neo-nazis in them them right, radical extreme elements but most of the agenda i i'm I, i'm okay with and so they gain legitimacy in parts of the electorate creeping to the center and all of a thought they they end up at 35% or even more i would not rule out this to happen um yes there may be a natural threshold but 35% i cannot think of more than 2 two or three states, two parties in the state legislature that have this number. That's the CSU, that's a, uh, in Bavaria, that's the CDU in Schleswig-Holstein, and that's the SPD in the Saarland. The rest is, uh, you know, hovering around the, the 25s, 30s, and that's the most. That's the fragmented state of German politics at the moment. Ending up with 35 or 40 would, percent would be a major, a major game changer in in our mm-hmm. state politics.
2: The, the other thing yeah. that I noticed too from some of the results yesterday is you just assume that it's like, you know, old rural guys that are voting for the AFD, but they actually did surprisingly well with the younger kind of voting segments as well like the 18 to 24 and that kind of thing. So, you know, again something to kind of mull over and reflect upon.
0: Yeah. Um so as we uh, as we look uh look ahead and as we uh, think about the potential uh, impact I think a couple of things stand out first uh, we're talking about the the growing strength and the influence that the far right has at the state level um, at the national level uh, we don't we don't see this um, uh, and uh, I think the consensus among uh, among us today is that although we may see a hardening of the government the national government's uh, position on things like uh, migration, but uh, the, the likelihood is that this, this coalition um, will, uh, will serve out uh, their term, uh, in part because of structural factors, in part because of the prisoner's dilemma-like um, uh, situation that all the governing parties um, uh, face. And, uh, and I think this will uh, highlight the real challenges uh, ahead with a uh, struggling economy in Germany uh, over the next 12 months. And the way that interacts with the problems of, uh, of migration that it creates for the local and state levels, and uh, as well as the, uh, the exploitation of these issues by, um, uh, by the far right. So, uh, that will leave us with plenty uh, to, to remain focused on. Uh, and I want to thank uh, uh, Klaus, uh, thanks to you for joining us from, uh, from, the, st- from the city of Darmstadt, uh, uh, yeah, well, as, as always. Uh, as always of- a pleasure.
1: As always uh, a pleasure to be with you guys.
0: So straight from uh, the state of Hesse uh, and uh, Eric here in Washington with us. So thanks, Eric. And uh, to all of our listeners, we want to thank you for being with us and look forward to having you uh, on the next episode of The Zeitgeist. Thanks for listening to The Zeitgeist a podcast produced by the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. You may know us under our old name, the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies. Send us your feedback by email at info at AICGS.org or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we have new handles at A-M-G-E-R-I-N-S-T. And also please visit our website at americangerman.institute formerly AICGS, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Thanks.